Fantasy Football Edition of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks, content, and contests, including our NFL Win Totals Contest win a, with a $1,000 prize. Join today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. We're also brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app to get last-minute tickets at the lowest price guaranteed. You pro- Use promo code SGPN for $20 off. We're also brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code SGP. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on any college football bet. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code SGP. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Emerson Beery. Happy to be joined by my co-host, Justin Bruni. How are you doing this fine Sunday, my friend? Doing well, doing well. Getting ready to kick off my week here, wrapping up this one. Feeling good. We're uh, got our last leg of preseason football here. This uh, the Saints and uh, and Houston Texans game. Was enjoying that a little bit. Saw Jimmy Graham score a touchdown. Some fun stuff. Didn't quite dunk on the field goal post, but, you know, Jimmy Graham touchdown. Don't see that every day. Did I lose you already? Oh, my goodness. We were having this problem before the show. Everybody, I swear, just if Justin has to take the show today by himself, it's my Internet. I already did a hard reset a couple times today. So... I'll be here, hopefully, toughing it out with you, Jay. Otherwise, bring Jamie on. He's already in the chat here. Jamie, you might need to step up to the plate, my friend. But I'm going to be trying to fight through some apparent internet troubles. I've tried to do a couple couple resets here. We will see how this goes. We are going to be trying to do some zero running back draft strategies, if we can get out the words here. So with that, considering my internet, I guess, is a little volatile, we will dive right into the show sheet today. One one interesting topic I wanted to dive into first is the fact how contentious zero running back, what, what, what constitutes zero running back, when does it actually become a zero running back draft, at how long can you wait on running back, you know, so is what's your line do you can you select a running back in the third or fourth round and still call it zero running back or do you have to push it farther than that. No, because then that makes your strategy a hero RB. Who's going to be your hero RB up front? You know, be your uh, like your Derrick Henry, or maybe you go with like an Austin Eckler in the first round, and then you know just go through a wave of receivers before you uh, bring back the running back position. I think going five or six rounds, I, I think that you can actually say like, hey, 
I went zero RB. I think the traditionalists really prefer like eight rounds, and I think that's probably a bit excessive. At some point, probably round five or round six, I'm going to be sniffing out a running back that I really like. Now, this is definitely a popular strategy in best ball, but I believe that 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 popularity has kind of transitioned over to the redraft style of of platforms because when I look at ADP, when I'm in these redraft lobbies for just you know basic redraft you know 2023 uh, boards, I see a better evaluation of receivers overall. Like the ADP is in favor of you know going receiver early, so that's why you're able to find so many you know running back uh, running back nuggets, you know some some nice sleepers and breakout candidates in like that RB 25 to 35 range this year, just because the I, the ADP is just predicating it. Wide receivers are certainly jammed up, but do you think there could be a difference? Because we're always drafting on underdogs so much. That's where we're getting our. Do you think there could be a little bit of a difference in it for people maybe sitting at home in their home leagues? Do you think running backs go generally a little bit higher there? No, I've done some home league drafts on different platforms like Sleeper and ESPN and Yahoo, and it, it's very similar. You know, you still still see Deontay Johnson of, of of immense value. You still see a lot of the running backs that we'll kind of discuss um, later on this show. Guys like David Montgomery, uh, days like guys like James Cook, uh, Jeff Wilson. Still, just so many value running backs available because the position just isn't over prioritized like it used to be. I, I see a very big flop from ADP from r- running back to receiver from say just five years ago. So receivers just on your board in general, unless you're drafting from like alphabetical order, which I, man, if we can normalize that and make that a a real thing in fantasy football, that would be excellent. But just about everybody's going to be using very similar ADP, whether it's coming from fantasy pros, like I said, Yahoo, Sleeper, ESPN, wherever, it's still heavily in favor of the wide receiver position right now, why you're seeing so many more receivers go in the first round. Now, obviously, if you switch over to like a standardized format, if you're going standard, zero PPR or even half point PPR, yeah, you'll see that adjustment. You'll you'll see clear you know, uh, moves up the board for running backs versus receivers. That's going to be something that's that's real. But again, not really the popular format right now, right? I think a lot of people have leaned into at least full point PPR, if not half point PPR at best. You know, I, that's always, that's an interesting point is the full PPR versus half PPR. I still generally think that especially if you are in a half PPR league, maybe like an underdog, the running backs do maybe hold a little bit more cachet there. But like you said, mm-hmm. when you could consider the opportunity cost, when you can get a David Monk, or I won't spoil too many names, or you can get a running back deeper on in drafts at a value and considering mm-hmm. how the wide receiver pool generally dries up very quickly. I usually don't like to let how other drafters dictate my draft you know i like to zig while others are zagging but it's such a right. such a wave such a prevalent force that yes it does drive you to take those wide receivers early knowing mm-hmm. that, you know especially if you're in an underdog draft right when you hit i think that wide receiver 38 39 i feel like feels like that kind of hard line right there where after that you're dealing with more long shots where you can still get very good running backs in that territory mm-hmm. what why so maybe you can talk a little bit more about why it, yeah why is this an effective draft strategy more so than just the fact that it, you know the running backs are going a little bit later on like i said 
Because at the end of the day, the easiest way to win your fantasy football draft is to play the ADP game. So getting guys either after ADP or moving up your guys. There's there's never really a fault in moving someone up ahead of ADP as long as you're backing it under good reason. Someone like me uh, would be like DK Metcalf or Deontay Johnson. Those are guys that I really like. James Cook is becoming more of that guy. David Montgomery is being coming is becoming more of that guy for me. You know, if I do go, let's say wide receiver heavy, but the running back list is starting to you know get a little bit thin, and I see one of those guys that I may need to move up, you know, ten spots ahead of ADP, I have no problem doing it because they're one of my guys. I just again feel that the draft boards in general are favored favoriting wide receivers early. So being able to go ahead and get that value at its actual cost still allows you to get safe value from the running back position when it's due up, when it's coming up in your draft, when it's more popular in, say, the end of the second round. You know, definitely favorable in, like, the fourth or fifth round. You see a lot of running backs being drafted, you know, in that uh, in that window, whereas in the first couple of rounds you're seeing a lot of receivers. You see the first bleed of quarterbacks and then elite running backs as well and, you know, mixing in, you know, some of the tight ends. Kelsey, Andrews, probably Hawkinson as well by about round four. So you're still seeing that the running backs are just undervalued in that window. And as you get to rounds four, five, six, seven plus, they're being valued more safely at ADP. So when you're when you're setting yourself up like this, just say you go three wide receivers, you go receiver, 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 you're still setting yourself up for very good value at the running back position because other people have been playing the game as well with you. You know, whether they're leaning into what you're doing, attacking receiver heavy, and they're leaving more value for you at running back, or they're mixing up and going more running back heavy, leaving more room for you to go receiver, receiver again in rounds four and five and have really good value backed up by running backs in rounds six through 10. They're there. They're, there's tons of value all the way to the 10th, 11th, 12th round with the running back position. Yeah. And, you know, I like stretching it deep, you know, like our Jamie, you know, it's hard to find a stream that Jamie cannot mention Roshan Johnson into Jamie talking about, I had the first pick in a draft today and didn't take a running back until round five, ended up with Sanders, Rashad White, Antonio Gibson, Samai P. Ryan, Kenny Gainwell, and Roshan Johnson in all caps, of course. That's Love our it. friend. Love it. Um, what, you know, for Jamie, what's, the, what's your ear in Chicago telling you about Roshan Johnson? How's that running back depth chart looking? Apparently Foreman uh, left yesterday with an injury. Okay. All right. Well, so I've, definitely, I, I've already heard my, the whisperings over at Player <clears throat> Profiler. Or you know, maybe maybe this will be too deep for them to find, but they haven't posted it yet. Is that he's going to take that RB two job from Deontay Foreman? Roshan Johnson looks to be taking that sooner rather than later. Before we dive into more zero running back draft strategies and Jamie's comment, I just want to give a shout out to our friends over at GameTime.co. I attend a lot of concerts and shows in Denver, you know, some rock shows, everything like that. And it is so much fun. But I'll tell you right now, what is more difficult is the fact that it's just so hard with these apps. I, I have such a hard time the day of the show finding, you know, they don't send me the tickets on time. I'm stressed the day of the morning. I still don't have any of the tickets and I'm trying to pull them up on my case i hopefully it didn't cut out too badly right there i saw mike on my camera 
But diving a little bit more into GameTime.co, buying tickets to your favorite event shouldn't be stressful. GameTime is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hype for the fun that you'll have. What are some of the things that you'll experience on the Game Time app? Flash deals, last-minute tickets, easy to find. Uh, you know, easy to find. Buy tickets, um, images of seat views, lowest price guarantee, event cancelization protection, and job loss protection as well. I, you know, going through here, I'm already looking at my Denver, Kansas City tickets. Hopefully, coming up very shortly here, but. You should go check it out today because I am. This is the only place that I'll be buying my tickets from now on in Denver, and there are so many places to go. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less. Game time will credit you 100% of the difference. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive as well. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code SGPN for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code SGPN for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And of course, we have our friends over at Underdog Fantasy as well. August is almost over, and you know what that means time is running out for you to draft your fantasy team on underdog get championship ready for your home league by trying out our best ball on underdog fantasy all you have to do is lot one live snake draft no waivers no trades you set it forget it and underdog does the rest try it out with underdogs best ball mania tournament as well we frequently reference it during the show you have what it takes to win it all the time is now the last day to draft your fantasy football team is september 7th visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store and sign up with promo code sgpn to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's underdog fantasy promo code SGPN. And the pick em call we are doing for week one is Travis Kelsey anytime touchdown. Concerned with your play, call 1 800 Gambler. Okay. We're back. And where we were was Jamie's comment. I got Jefferson, St. Brown, Hurts. Then I took Waller over Hawkinson before I took the running backs. Mm -hmm. That's like a pretty that. good setup right there. I like that. Getting with some uh, some mid round bully tight end. I don't uh, I don't hate that. Jamie's always drafting pretty well. It seems like he always gets incredible value in whatever he's doing. And. I'll check that out because I'm going to the Browns versus. I think he's talking about GameTime.co. Our favorite place to buy tickets. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Check that out. Appreciate you. All right. Diving into now. So diving into maybe what is the sense of how the years have changed in fantasy football. Used to be a little bit more a defensive. Everybody wanted a strong running back. Defense wins championships. As we transitioned into maybe more of a passing league, it seems like the fantasy landscape has shifted as well. Running backs were, as I pointed out, that it seemed like nine out of the first 12 first-round picks were running backs mm -hmm. just a few years ago. Now it is the opposite. It seems like wide receivers dominate nine out of 12. It's a flip-flop. You know, why, why do you think – is it deeper than 
is it deeper than the fact that the NFL has just switched to a more pass pass happy league? It's a more pass happy league. And I just think that because you don't see running backs being used as pure bell cows, you have more split backfields, which therefore creates more value at the position because whereas your top tier guys were so limited now it's a much bigger pool based off of you know just a spread in talent like you know when you look at the Detroit Lions they have one running back who's in what like the top 12 in running back rankings and then they have another who's parked at probably the later like RB20 range probably like RB25 to RB30 and David Montgomery and the guy in that range is probably going to have more fantasy points like it's just all over the place uh, you look at a place like Dallas, you know, Tony Pollard could be a bell cow back this year, but one of those other guys is probably going to bleed in whether we like it or not. Uh, Saquon Barkley, similar situation. Uh, you look at the Bears, you know, that situation with Roshan, Roshan Johnson isn't great, but because of the opportunity there and we know that they're going to use multiple backs, we know there's a bubble for value, whether it be a Herbert, Roshan, perhaps even still Dante Foreman if he's not cut. Um, and then, of course, Justin Fields there as well. Like, you, you, there's just so many, so many more opportunities at the position. Whereas before, the belief was you need to draft a guy that's just going to get 300 carries, and that's it. That's how you win fantasy. And now it's based off of being able to scoop up the handcuffs at value, the RB twos at value, and really getting nitty gritty with the waiver wire. Like, like that's what it's going to come down to. I think that's that provides a. I think that's a lot of it is the fact that yes, running backs do get injured a lot more. You can find a productive running back on the waiver wire. You know, we were talking about. I think maybe we were talking. Oh, I know. I was on my last show. I was discussing how Tyler Algier could be a RB one if mm-hmm. something happened to Bijan Robinson. Then you know that's just the fine lines we're dealing with. You know, a, a running back can be just completely you know unstartable to, you know, mm-hmm. just one injury away, then all of a sudden plug and play yeah. that, you know, that's another reason why maybe they're not getting paid, but, you know, for their fairly compensated, you might say, however, this is what that means. You know, you can count running back injuries are going to happen because it's such, that's the nature of the position. So you can find running back value later on, take the chances on some second string running backs. You know, is there a difference though, in how you might approach a, zero running back strategy from a best ball from a redraft and then from a dynasty maybe perspective is, is you approach it the same no. way or do they differ a little bit? No, it, it really only differs to me in, in my actual draft. It just depends on my lobby. If I see everyone playing the ADP game, it's more than likely I'm going to do the same and I'm going to try to pick up the value in the pieces that they're leaving behind. And that's not to say that again, I go to the fourth round receiver 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 and then i just see a running back there that's fallen you know 10 15 spots after adp that's mine and so maybe i have to i have to call it at that like yeah okay i went three rounds and i'm calling it in the fourth because well i just got really good value here you know or whatever the fifth round i get uh you know jk dobbins or javante williams falls in my draft a lot because people are concerned with them playing post-injury uh, or a Cam Akers, you know, someone like like a polarizing name that falls after I've already scooped up, you know, four or five really good receivers. And it could be likely where I'm just seeing more balance in the first and second round. So I'm doing the same things too. And by round five, I have two receivers and I have two running backs. I'm not playing it so much based on the format 
Whereas where I'm looking at the board and I'm reading, okay, you know what? A zero RB approach could really work right here because I'm seeing how everyone else is actually kind of valuing the running backs a little bit more. And I'm seeing that there's going to be a slippage at the receiver position. That's really where you want to try to target a zero R or zero RB approach is when you're seeing more RBs go in the first round. Like you tra traditionally don't see a, a player like Derrick Henry going round one. If you see him going round one, you should be taking a wide receiver if you're picking not far after him because you're getting a little bit more value. It's not like in, in round two when you have a running back moved up into that space. You're probably doing it because the first, well, the round one and the first half of round two, there are more than average running backs taken. And that situation, I'm not saying, oh no, oh no, the running backs, they're flying off the board. I'm saying, hey, give me more receivers because this is where they are of value. I get it. You'll see some boomer uh, uh, drafters running back, running back, running back in their first three picks. But if I'm drafting next to that person, I'm not taking a running back. I'm taking receiver every time because I'm getting them at value rather than pulling the position up the board. And that's how, typically for me how a zero RB draft starts. Like, oh, all's fair. I got uh, Deontay Johnson in the fifth. I got Terry McLaurin in the sixth. You know, whatever. I'll, I'll, pay, the, I'll pay the price in the next couple of rounds here. You know, that, that was kind of – what I was talking about that was so interesting. Normally, I don't like to, you know, follow other drafters. I don't like to be dictated by what another man is, or you know, what another draft is doing. Is that is that a shout out to you, Goon Up? Is is, is that like that, a, that? That would be me. That's me you. And, okay. me, and, me and John Reed go back many years. Appreciate oh, okay. you, John. Well, welcome Appreciate in, you, John. Thank you. I couldn't tell. I was just like, what does that mean? Um, I figured that was for you, though. Yeah, that's um, right. But. It's interesting an underdog though, because normally you're right. If I saw wide receivers going early, I might be driven to take a running back early on in a draft, considering that's how a lot of the drafts go. But it's such a tidal wave of people taking wide receivers that you almost feel, you almost have to because you know that those wide receivers are going to dry up and then there's going to be some running backs available later. So it almost is like such an overload of wide receivers right. this year that it drives you to do the same. Before we dive into specific strategies i just want to give one more shout out to one of our best sponsors over at DraftKings. you've waited all year and the time has finally arrived college football is back and so are the traditions the tailgates and the great offers from DraftKings sportsbook right now new customers can score 200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just five dollars on any college football bet you know i'm looking at my kansas jayhawks and i just can't be Wait to be betting on them this year. It's been years since I've checked into college football, but my Kansas Jayhawks are back at it, so I'll be certainly checking out DraftKings Sportsbook. Kick off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code SGP. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on any college football bet, only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code SGP. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after insurance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. And of course, I want to give a shout out to our Patreon page, which you should definitely check out. Make sure you check out and sign up for the Patreon to get exclusive contests, including the NFL win totals contest with a $1,000 first place prize. The guys just recorded their first sports gambling podcast stories going over it the birth of the sports gambling podcast network as well. There's even a discord channel just for the patrons. The sports gambling podcast has and always will 
give out their sports books for free. The Patreon is a great way to support the network and fight back against corporate gambling. Sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. And of course, if you would not mind giving us a like, subscribe, rating, if you are still listening, it would really mean so much. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you may be listening. With that, we will dive back into zero running back draft strategies here. And I guess the last question before we dive into this here, I just want to ask, is this a strategy that you regularly deploy? And I know it's I know it's almost you have to on underdog, but when you are with your friends drafting, maybe in your more casual leagues, are you still deploying zero running back? Yeah, absolutely. And again, it's, it's just based off of the the way that the board is falling to me. It, it has a lot to do with my draft, my draft position. So if I'm in a home league and I'm in the corner, like uh, pick 11 or 12, a lot of times I'm going to double tap receiver. And that's also because I've done it a lot. You know, I've did a lot on underdog this summer. So because of that, it gives me kind of an edge to know what running backs are going to be available for me, you know, at what ADP. You know, I'm typical to seeing a lot of names being, you know, kind of polarized, like I mentioned with like some of the injury guys, like, you know, maybe a, a J.K. Dobbins or Javante Williams or even a Cam Akers. You know, there's just a lot of guys that I know people will be off of in my home leagues. So I get them at a little bit better value and I chase the receivers early on. But I also feel like a, in a lot of my home leagues, they're a little bit sharper than some. So they're doing, you know, typically something similar and it winds up kind of balancing out where I'm not doing maybe as many zero RB drafts because I'll wind up taking a running back in like round three or four, but still have the majority of receivers through the first, you know, five rounds, you know, taking up my picks. You know, it really depends for me on the draft. Of course, it's been a little bit more. I definitely like to, like I said, be water when it comes to a draft. I never go in with a set strategy. I would never go in with a zero running back strategy. But if that's what the board dictates, I don't mind selecting four tight end or four wide receivers, a tight end and a quarterback before I select my first running back. Yep. You know, it's a little bit easier to do in best ball, I think. You know, I, I didn't answer the question myself. It's a little easier to do in best ball, I think, zero running back draft strategy because you know, we're just betting on outlier outcomes where, you know, we're going to bank on, you know, Isaiah Pacheco having a great season where we draft him, you know, and that's okay in a best ball turn in a GPP tournament and a little more casual leagues. I do like to select my running backs a little bit earlier on. I don't like to push the envelope at running back quite as much knowing that I'm going to have to set, be trust these guys week in week out, as opposed to a best ball league where you can just mm -hmm. count on, you know, somebody, you know, a breakout player from your five or six running backs. With that, though, we are going to, you know, build essentially a best ball team or a zero running back team. And starting off with, you know, just who are some players that, you know, court, you know, among quarter, we'll go through recording. You're not going to be selecting any quarterbacks. I don't think in round one, but mm -hmm. is there a tight end? I, I'll say tight end in round one or wide receivers that you are specifically targeting in round one will maybe leave out Jamar, uh, Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, maybe some somewhere in those middle. Yeah. middle yeah. In the, uh, the middle picks or back end of the first round, I like Tyreek Hill. You can probably get him anywhere from picks three to five, pending your draft. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown and then Devonta Adams, specifically those last two because of the volume. Those are the receivers I truly believe could have 
30% plus target share in their offense. And that's really why they're at the top of my list. Um, other guys that I don't, you know, hate in that space, I'll gladly take them on my roster are, you know, Stefan Diggs, CD Lamb. You and I have uh, discussed, um, discussed Lamb's value at length. So I like those other names in there, but Hill, Adams, and Amon Ra would be my top three targets in the first round. I don't mind, you know, getting some Travis Kelsey in the first round, but at the same time, I don't prefer to. I, I'm I'm taking tight end at, at value when I can. I want to get a little bit of a stronger target share. I know that Kelsey's going to be a monster in his offense, but he's not a, a huge threat for downfield production. He's a threat for getting a lot of catches and touchdowns. And I still think that you can make up that the or those stats, I should say, at other positions throughout your your throughout your early rounds. Jamie deploying more zero running back. I drafted in a home league at the 10th spot, got Barkley, AJ Brown, then went Metcalf, Mixon, then Hawkinson, Do and JK Dobbins, yeah, and still got Ayuk and Pittman. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> Nicely balanced balance. roster. You know, uh, it's interesting you said Devontae Adams because that doesn't seem to be where he's going right now, don't you think? Like, it seems like in a lot he's, of those, yeah, you seem like he's yeah, going he's, in the he's second definitely round in the, of drafts. He's definitely in the, in the second round, but he's but someone I that I'm he's willing to. Player. Yeah, I, I, I'm willing to pull the trigger on him at 12 or 13 easily. Absolutely. And you could be in a 14-team league where he is a first-rounder for sure. Like I, I, I think it's hard for him to escape picks 13 and 14 in my opinion, but yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it plenty. You know, that is very interesting because I'm looking at a couple of your, your round two, you know, your round two picks, and, you know, I don't think, you know – you see, I, I love that you're making a stance on these players as well, because I think, yeah, DK, DK Metcalf and Calvin Ridley, that's an interesting pick there because mm. DK Metcalf is a player that you could easily see slipping around three, but you think these are players, qual, uh, you know, they're going to be round two picks. We should have looked back and they should have been round two picks. I think it's just kind of up in the air. I see Metcalf and Ridley go in that range of like the last three picks of round two and the first three picks of round three. So like in that window, I'm looking to kind of double tap them. And that's not, I just like Ridley over some of the guys that he's going around. Um, I can let you know in just one second here. So let's see. Ridley, Ridley I believe is the it, one I can't get on board with. I just, I so know yeah, he's him, getting steamed up. But. Right. Him, Devonta Smith, T Higgins. I like Ridley just a little bit more. Um, I think he's going to bounce back in a big way, and he's going to have a bigger role in his offense than those two, than those other two, Devonta Smith and T. Higgins, and then Amari Cooper, Debo Samuel. So, like, if I'm sitting in a situation where it's Jalen Waddell, Alave, Smith, Ridley, I'll I'll go Ridley right there. I'll bring him up the board a little bit. Um, he's just, dude, he's just been looking so good in training camp, and not just like in games, but like in practice. Like, he just looks so good running routes. Uh, he looks like the the Calvin Ridley of old and an offense that I feel like needs that next level receiving weapon. Like they were good last year. I think Calvin Ridley, Ridley, excuse me, really moves the needle for their offense. The the Jaguars, you know, other additions as well. You know, Tank Bigsby, we like him a lot, too. You know, practice is just, you know, it's hard for me. You know, I understand Calvin Ridley's looked very good. He's getting a lot of steam. I think he's certainly going to be a big part of the offense, but. I see, so it's a long layoff. It's hard for me to buy into round two hype for me. I think you can probably get DK Metcalf and Calvin Ridley in round three as well, but I, I don't disagree on DK Metcalf. I do think he should be a top 24 player when it's all said and done. But Calvin Ridley, you know, you know who tore up Baltimore training camp th this year? Laquan Treadwell. 
Yeah, Zay, Flowers. Zay Flowers has been tearing it up, though. I mean, come on now. Of course, but you know what I mean. It's just practice. But that's is just, the same. But that's the same buy. thing. Yeah, Laquan Treadwell played well. Jimmy Graham was playing well in in, in preseason. Yeah, you know, that's exactly. <laughs> it's tough. Yeah. It's tough to judge but, people based on the preseason. I'll have to see it to believe it with Calvin Ridley. Just with ha- him having only one top sixteen finish so far in his career, and that being such an outlier campaign with Matt Ryan throwing so many passes that year, Julio Jones getting injured. It's just there's a lot mm-hmm. to buy into at that ADP. Yeah, I just think he, I think he's going to be a big crutch for Lawrence in that offense, having that second target that can create space, create separation, and you know make plays after the catch. Yeah. Okay. No. Okay. I thought I, once again, you know, I don't know. Like Keenan Allen and Joe Mixon, like you're making strong stances on these players. However, I think once again, I think you and round push three. These, I think you could push these players back into round four. Don't you think? Yeah, I mean, and, and again, maybe those are like their their ceilings, you know. But you know, any array of players that I've given you from rounds one through five, I'll really take them in whatever order I can get them. Um, right. You know, like like that's that's probably how I would order them, at least as far as I've seen them drafted. Maybe that's just the differentiation of like best ball to redraft. The, sa- but- the savvy the savvy drafters are certainly getting Keenan Allen probably early, seeing his dominant mm-hmm. stretch when he was on the field last season. What about Joe Mixon though? Do you, you're not concerned about kind of the efficiency? No, no, absolutely not. And uh, I, I just don't see, you know, Chase Brown or Chris Evans just demanding a huge workload. I think that they'll come in as relief, but not as a, a role-oriented type of volume on the field. I think that they'll get Mixon his rest. I think that they're going to ride him out this year. I think that that's going to be a big part of their game, especially with uh, Burrow coming back from a, a minor injury. Your boy John is in the chat asking about you know he's he's has a fairly standard league settings it looks like within a one quarterback league. Who would be your top four picks in a re- redraft league? I believe the first four picks. Mm-hmm. If it's ten team, I think we could get Kelsey in there. I think we could get him at pick four if we want to get spicy. But I think the the very general you know top four that you're going to see is going to be Jefferson, Chase, CMC, Tyreek Hill. Uh, if you want to get a little bit more flavorful because it's 10 teams, I think Kelsey could warrant uh, that fourth pick. Hey, did you say Cup and Tyreek Hill? No, I said CMC and okay, Tyreek right. Hill. Okay, all right. No, I misheard you. I was just like, I feel like CMC. Would be I mean, that's better. that's just really that's just really the, the start of the game. I mean, that's what the ADP is going to dictate. I don't think you're going to see too many people divert away from that top four. I think, again, in a 10-team league, I'm willing to put Kelsey that high because uh, you can make up for that value. I mean, you're going to find players on the waiver wire that are going to be able to start for you still. And I'm sure, John, you can see that Jamie would go Justin Jefferson, mm-hmm. Chase, CMC, then Eckler or Hill or Kelsey. I, yeah. I have my worries Pick your about poison. Eckler this year. I, I've talked about just being so, you know, he's had so many more touchdowns than the next mm-hmm. second best running back over the last two years. He said so many more catches. And I think both of those could be in slight danger, but we'll save that. That is certainly I mean, not a zero. Kel- Kellen Moore back. did amazing things with Zeke and Pollard last year. I, I have to imagine he's got some special stuff cooked up for Eckler. I think he's got some special stuff cooked up for Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Quentin Johnston too, though. And that's why I think. What about, what about Josh Palmer? He's looking, he's looking good. Hey, I, I think he has a realistic shot of being the wide receiver three. So 
we'll see what happens. And he'll have plenty of moments to be the wide receiver three because it's hard to see Keenan Allen and Mike Williams staying healthy throughout the entire year as well. On to round four, you highlighted DJ Moore and Deontay Johnson. We're a little bit of a broken record with Deontay Johnson. We've been hyping him up at value. I can't stop. I'm surprised. I'm surprised you didn't throw him into the round three. You know, (laughs) no, Uh, no. I mean, you could, but why would you when he's going to be there in round four? (laughs) Um, And then, but tell me why your boy DJ Moore is going to succeed with Justin Fields this season. I mean, we've got some great tastes of it. Some great taste of it in preseason. He had that burner for what sixty-four receiving yards and a touchdown from a screen. We saw him yesterday make a uh, a small little little pass up the field, turn into a big gainer. They're just going to use him in this offense. He's going to get seven plus targets a week, and that's just because the team's going to be playing from behind. There's always going to be positive game script to need to pass the ball rather than run. I know everyone says like, "Oh yeah, the Bears want to run. They want to run." Well, the Bears are going to be playing from behind. Like their defense is not amazing. We have some good linebackers, a, a you know a building an upcoming defensive line, and a very less than average secondary. Like this defense is going to give up a lot of opportunity for the offense, and it makes it a great situation for fantasy. I, I see all of their passing uh, weapons at value. I mean, other than Justin Fields, I mean he's you know pretty immense when it comes to value. He's probably going somewhere in the fourth or fifth round now. He's shooting up the board. Um, really not that far off of like Lamar Jackson and his his ADP value. Um, but other than that, you know, I love the the receiving weapons here. So, you know, definitely makes you know Darnell Mooney a nice little late round wide receiver target if you do you know need to come back around from your zero RB strategy and get a nice little late round target. So yeah, it's it's a good situation there. You know, I, I, I'm a little I'm very high on Deontay Johnson too because I expect Kenny Pickett to have I expect this Pittsburgh offense to be a lot better. We saw them have a very nice performance against the Buffalo Bills, very encouraging. The offensive line will be improved. DJ Moore will certainly be reliant on, Je- on Justin Fields, but however, he should certainly have a command a very high target share. So maybe look those low volume passing, uh, you know, 30% target share can fix a low volume passing offense. On to round five. You know, hopefully, you know, you've established a strong base of wide receivers up to your zero running back draft strategy at this point. But before we pivot to start drafting the running backs, who are your final few wide receiver targets in that round five range of 2023 fantasy football drafts? Uh, still like Terry McLaurin a lot. Give me a little bit of a dip with him with the toe turf. Uh, Jayon Dotson in that same offense, he's just a ball dominator, a guy that can make plays through traffic, through contact. George Pickens, same thing. If you're missing on Deontay Johnson, take a swing with George Pickens. Just don't take Pickens ahead of Deontay. It's just counterintuitive, in my opinion. You're not playing the ADP game, and Deontay's still going to have a larger target share of the offense. But both those guys, Dotson and Pickens, big-time playmakers, playing through contact, playing at the the high point of the ball. And then I still really like Chris Godwin at, at his ADP. He's a huge value right now. Still someone I think could potentially come back with 85-plus receptions this year in an offense that's going to be playing from behind. Like, they're a bad team. Yeah, they may not play well in the first half of games. You may see, literally, Chris Godwin have two catches for eight yards in his first half, but you're going to see him go off in a lot of second-half games because this team's bad. They stink. They got a bad quarterback. And I could actually see even Kyle Trask coming in at some point and throwing on the hero cape and turning you know things around for the receivers or just the offense in general 
if things are muttering, you know, if we're not seeing production out of these guys, whether the team's losing games, they're not putting up enough up enough yards, the offense is just sputtering in general. I could see them just going with a different hand at QB other than Baker if things work aren't working out. And regardless, bad QB, bad offense, give me the lower A dot guy. Give me the guy that's going to soak up, you know, just a lot of targets. That, that's Chris Godwin. I like Chris Godwin a lot too, especially at that wide receiver 31 ADP or wide receiver 30 ADP where you see him generally go, going to receive a lot of targets. You, you know, um, I don't expect the offense to be the same as with was with Tom Brady, but there were some mitigating circumstances that made even with Tom Brady a little bit more of a stagnant offense. The offensive line should be a lot better. And hopefully we have a breakout. You know, this actually leads perfectly into our now, after round five, we're going to begin to start selecting those running backs, those guys who, you know, have a chance to be that RB1 a little bit later on in drafts. And I highlighted Rashad White. Yes, I am doubling down even with all I, – I, I like it even more with all this Sean Tucker news. I think, I think you know, a lot of these – a lot of these headlines can be much ado about nothing at the end, you know, splitting some first team reps in practice. However, let's say this is absolutely true. Sean Tucker is going to be getting first team reps in games. I think that was always going to be the case. What, what, what running back? Who is else do they have? What was else, that? I mean, I mean, who else yeah. do they have? They don't have, they didn't sign anybody. It, it doesn't seem like they're going to grab Kareem Hunt or Leonard Fournette. So yeah, it's going to be, Keyshawn Vaughn or Sean Tucker. Yeah, exactly. But he's not he's not going to be the number one. Yeah, Rashad White is still the number one, and it was never going to be 25 touch per game, Rashad White. That was never going right. to be the case. So, you know, Sean Tucker, somebody was going to have to be take some carries from Rashad White, get probably mm-hmm. 10 carries a game or so, something like that. That's just the realistic how running back backfields work now. I still think right. Rashad White can return on value, especially now that his ADP is probably dropping even a little bit lower now with the Sean Tucker news. I think that really is a non-story more than anything. And mm-hmm. so, you know, you're probably not as high on my end, but where, where does Rashad White no, kind of fall in your running back? I, I am. Rashad White okay. is one of my breakout running backs for this year. Uh, he was in my uh, my breakout running back article. I had to defend him against uh, Justin Herzig and Andrew Robb, my co-host on my last show. Uh, he is one of my running back heroes this year based on his ADP. In the last draft that I did for best ball, he went in round eight. He was butt-ended by Dalvin Cook and Khalil Herbert, who we'll, we'll talk about here shortly. But round eight for a running back that I know will get running back one touches for his roster. He had 50 catches last year uh, on this roster with yeah Tom Brady and Leonard Fournette, but that was as a backup. I have to imagine he can exceed at least 55 receptions this year playing as the RB1 with a growing quarterback situation, whether it be Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask. Again, give me those lower ADOT guys. Give me Rashad White. Give me Chris Godwin and Kate Otten as well. Those are the guys that I want to target. I like Mike Evans. He's another receiver. Like If you really want to lay into zero RB, he's a guy you can get in round six or seven. On top of the behemoth of wide receivers that you've already drafted, you could throw him on there as well. I don't see the need to because I still feel like he'll be less utilized in this offense that's going to throw the ball at shorter yardage at lower ADOT, and those will be the guys that clean up. And you know, if you want to get Mike Evans for some splash weeks or have a, a sexy-looking flex player, by all means, go ahead. But I, I think it'll landmine you a few weeks, that's for sure. Who is your first running back to target later in drafts 
maybe maybe one slightly earlier on, maybe more in this kind of round five to seven or eight range. Uh, I'll give you a round six running back, and I'll say uh, Damian Pierce still going at an immense value. Uh, I also have Devin Singletary on my list. He goes much later. I just like the situation because D'Amico Ryans is going to, going to want to utilize multiple running backs. I see Devin Singletary you know, actually having a pretty solid role, uh, role on this offense, but Damian Pierce is going to have the most volume. He's going to be used as that weapon to protect the passing game. I know the offensive line is going through some issues right now, stacking up some injuries, not looking good in training camp, not looking good in preseason games. I'm trusting they'll figure it out. And when in doubt, bad offensive lines – just run the ball forward. Just just dive up the middle. Just let you know Dame Pierce go and make a play. But still a running back after round five that I believe can get up to 20 touches per game. So Dame Pierce would be that guy, but also like Devin Singletary in that lineup. A lot of explosiveness out of that backfield that's going to need a little bit of a punch every now and again. That's going to need somebody to move the chains or to get the, that four or five-yard passing play for a nice, easy completion on a young, upcoming uh, quarterback in C.J. Stroud. Are you worried at all? Maybe the offense is kind of in that really bad situation where they're going to be you know, not very good in general, so there's not going to be a lot of plays. And then when they are on the field, they're going to be playing from behind. Does that, does that worry that's, you at all? Again, that's kind of why I need to reference Devin Singletary because that's where he steps in, right? So, again, if you're not getting Damian Pierce, a running back I still believe, again, at round six or more, and you're getting someone that I feel very safe will be pushing 17 or 18 touches a week, I still think that's very good value. And the little bit that we saw of him as a rookie, he was amazing. The per The per-touch efficiency was there the speed, the power, like he more than passes the eye test. I agree with you. You're getting him at a discount because the situation with the Houston Texans is not good. They are not a team that you trust to be in the red zone a lot. What you're attacking here is the volume that he'll provide to you, and that volume is backed by a very good skill set in Damian Pierce. I also just have to reference Devin Singletary because he is my, he is my most exposed player on underdog in best ball mania. Through 135 drafts, I've got 15 left to go. He is my most exposed player, Devin Singletary. So I have a lot of faith in him because of what you just highlighted. The situation is not great, and I do expect there to be a role for that secondary running back You know, in an offense that's going to be bad. They're going to need to use that guy to rest Dame Pierce as well as play from behind, play catch-up, get those explosive plays closer to the line of scrimmage that I was talking about, those easy completions for an upcoming Stroud. You know, it's interesting. Damian Pierce is the classic player I would have avoided in years past because just the hist- you know, just the historical profile, mid-round running back, successful initial first campaign. It always feels like they were going to be overdrafted going into their second year. However, mm-hmm. It seems like the fantasy community is becoming a lot more jaded, like myself. He's still floating around that round six ADP, which I think is a is a, is a reasonable price tag. I think you know if, if he was flirting, and you know, I think maybe years ago he would have gone around three, and I would have said that was too who, pricey. Who would you rather take right now, Alexander Madison in the fifth or Dame Pierce in the sixth? I pro- I would. Da- well, I mean, I was just debating whether I would rather have Damian Pierce straight up. I would definitely rather have Damian Pierce at ADP over Alexander mm-hmm. Madison in the fifth. But I would probably just rather have Damian Pierce in general over Alexander Madison, even in the better gotcha. offensive situation that Alexander Madison's in. What about Brees Hall at his cost? Brees Hall going in around round four. 
Brees Hall. I got to take the talent. I know it. Okay. I know it stings right now. It's hard to see, but Dalvin Cook has barely stayed alive these last couple seasons. At the end, I think he could. I think it could. The the end could be any day now for Dalvin Cook. Never matters. Hey, hey, just just watch it. All right, watch it, pal. With the Dalvin Cook slander. Okay, pal. Just chill out. Why you got to go there? Who's your next guy? Are you a Dalvin Cook fan? I absolutely. Dalvin Cook is fantastic. Trying to figure this out. He's a Minnesota Viking. Why do you like him? I like Amon Ross St. Brown a lot, too. I'm a Bears fan. Interesting. Okay. All He's right. on my you're, teams, man. He's on my teams. I draft him on my teams. You're a complex Bears fan. That's okay. That's all right. Um, I have a lot of Aaron Rodgers. Just, just this hate year. the Packers. You just hate the Packers. That's all. I have a lot of Aaron Rodgers this year. I'll tell you that. Uh, my next like player QB 16. <laughs> I, I I still like Jared. I still like the guys going behind them. David uh, Geno Smith, I mean, and Jared Goff. But I know you do. You don't even Smith need to tell is me going. About Jared. Smith is going ahead of him now. But Goff is, is just okay? one spot behind him. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give me. I'll take Goff. But I know. I know you'll take Goff. I, you know, the one guy you might <laughs> like more than even Aaron Rodgers. But you know, we don't have a whole show to go into Jared Goff. Um, I do we like. Could. Lost you. Audio's gone. I don't know what happened to Emerson. Am I back? Yeah, you're back. We had we made a pretty strong run, actually. That was there. a long run. That was a long run. About about 47 minutes since our last the, audio break. You know that the uh, the good. AI was like, "Hey, move it along, move it along." I haven't seen anybody complain about my audio in the chat too, which is good. I haven't heard anybody say we can't understand this guy, so that's a positive. So. So instead, um, the the Spotify and Apple users just get to listen to us just yell at each other. <laughs> Hopefully, that's not the case. Um, but David Montgomery, I think, is set to play behind the best oh, offensive line he's played behind in his entire percent. career. Lots of like you, lots of rushing attempts, especially with a running back like Jameer Gibbs, who's probably not slated to get more than 10, 15 rush attempts per game. This is a uh, role that Jamal Williams excelled in last season. David Montgomery is a much better running back than Jamal Williams. Do you have anything mm-hmm. to shed on your former running back? Uh, yeah, love David Montgomery still too. <laughs> a lot of exposure to him for this year. There's about 360 plus vacated rushing attempts, 2,300 plus rushing vacated yards, uh, 22 plus rushing touchdowns vacated. There's just so much opportunity for David Montgomery Someone that's also going to be used in the passing game. I know that everyone wants to assume like, oh, Jameer Gibbs, he's got this Alvin Kamara uh, style, the type of build, and he's going to get used like CMC. I believe those things too, but look out for David Montgomery. Like he'll be used in a multitude of uh, a multitude of ways. He'll catch the ball. He's a good downhill runner. He'll probably be their red zone running back. I mean, let's just face it. Like he's a, a bigger, bulkier guy. Gibbs does have more of that slimmer frame more like a receiver, more like an Alvin Kamara, like I said. But I think that they're they're set up for like a thunder and lightning type of combination this year. David Montgomery, though, is the better value per ADP. Jameer Gibbs a month ago was going at like running back anywhere from like 14 to 16. Now he's all the way up to running back 11 or 12. That's a bit expensive now. Don't get me wrong. In the right situation, if he falls, I'll pay the price. Like even if he's you know gets like a backup to like that RB sixteen, as long as it, you know I can get a couple of receivers ahead of him, I'll pay that price. But I'd still also probably want to back it up with someone around David Montgomery and his ADP as well, uh, just because you're not going to see Jameer Gibbs get the uh, the bulk of the carries. 
You're going to see him get a lot of touches, but you're not going to see him get the bulk of the carries or the rushing touchdowns for the Lions offense. Okay. I do see up next. Oh, we'll, we'll, let's shout out John Reed. Oh, that's, that's it. Uh, it's, it you know, if you can see the comment, I guess the Spotify and Apple uh, listeners can't see it. Uh, David Montgomery could be the Jamal Williams this year. Yeah, I mean, that's an echoing sentiment you know, throughout the fantasy community. Oh, look what Jamal Williams did. David Montgomery, always kind of a better player, better prospect than Jamal Williams. Got to imagine he can do some, some good there, even if it's not Jamal Williams' uh, production. Go ahead. I let it run. I, I could see you were frozen. Uh, yeah, I was hoping I'd come back here. The internet's definitely yelling at me. Hopefully the sound. Pay your is media com bill, Emerson. Jesus. I guess I, we had a strong run, but, um, so we'll, we'll, we'll get into these last few quick here. I see you have a couple running backs kind of in that top 30 range. You know, you want to break them down really quick. There are two running backs that I definitely see a lot of upside to, especially the one in the AFC East. Uh, James Cook. Yes. Yeah, James Cook's also a guy that's got a ton of steam right now. Someone that was going in the mid running back 30s a month ago. Now I believe he's all the way up to like RB 24 or 25. Um, so he's a little bit more expensive. Let's see. In the last draft I did, I believe he went earlier. Uh, where are you, Mr. Cook? He went in round seven. I've seen him go closer to rounds nine and round 10 in, in, in the previous months. So he's caught a lot of steam. But just the fact that the Bills aren't going to add anybody, there were some small rumors they might add Dalvin Cook or a free agent running back. It's all wheels up with James Cook and Dame Harris. You're going to see a lot of James Cook in between the 20s and probably going to see a lot more of Dame Harris inside the 10. But you're still going to have James Cook playing in an offense that's going to be one of the top uh, scoring teams in the NFL. It's just a huge opportunity and a vacuum opportunity for points like he won't have as many rushing touchdowns as, say, Damian uh, Williams, but or I'm sorry, Damian Harris, but he will have just as many yards, more catches, and he's going to be a huge focal point again, and just one of the better offenses in the league. Think the think. Oh, running back for the Eagles that doesn't have competition for touches. That's what James Cook is in the Bills offense. James Cook, one of the more efficient runners in the NFL last year. Great athlete, fantastic breakaway run rate, juke rate. Yards per touch, it's all fantastic on the metrics for James Cook, a very good pure rusher, just not a big bodied guy who's capable of taking 10 or 50, or, you know, capable of taking 20 rush attempts. You wouldn't do that to James Cook. However, I do think he can be hyper efficient on the touches that he does get. Certainly, top 20 range is 5.7 yards per carry as a rookie. Yeah, one of the best in the NFL. Face green smiling. What does that mean? These are a lot of inside jokes. It's a lot of inside no, 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 jokes. No, 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 no. We wouldn't do that to you. We wouldn't let you feel left out like that. <laughs> Jamie, I would take Madison at the RB30 range, so I guess it's not never Madison. Yeah, I mean, it, it's always you don't hate the player, you hate the ADP. Sure. So, yeah. Yeah, Madison I mean, if, if, you see, if you see Madison fall 10 or 12 spots, there's an argument to take him, but I don't like doing it. Last one me. I will shout out before I should go to you for your final two. I'm going to give my man Kenny Gainwell. I still think, you know, it's back and forth. It was, it's never going to be just Kenny Gainwell's backfield. Okay. That that's certainly Mm -hmm. true, but Kenny Gainwell still getting the most first team reps in practice, very successful run through the playoffs last year, playing co-starting at slightly ahead of on the depth chart, whatever you want to call it. 
with two of the most injury-prone running backs in the NFL in Rashad Penny and DeAndre Swift. I think Kenny Gainwell, his, his ADP hasn't gotten too steamed up, still going in no. the you know RB4 territory, so I still think that's a mm-hmm. tremendous value. I have a little pushback there. I just I just feel like he's not going to be a big threat for anybody in fantasy because they're going to split the backfield so well. And this is a team that really doesn't care about training camp. They don't care about preseason. They're literally just going through the reps and doing like positional analysis essentially. Like they're literally just going through the motions and saying, "Okay, even in preseason, like they don't care about winning games." You can see it from just the way that they call plays. They just try to attack everything on a very situational basis, and I think that's why you've seen a lot of Gainwells because he's honestly the guy that they care about the least. Like DeAndre Swift, Rashad Penny, they don't want those guys getting hurt, whether it be practice, preseason. I think it's more of a competition between Kenny Gainwell and like Trey Sermon. Like Trey Sermon's looked amazing. He's looked a lot better than Gainwell in preseason. That's for sure. He scored a bevy of touchdowns. He's looked great in practice. I just feel like they're using more Gainwell in this preseason and training camp period to lessen the opportunity for injuries because they've seen like that's what you need to make a run. Like they had one of the least injured offenses last year and one of the deepest offenses. Yeah, they missed Hurts for a little bit, but he was ready to go for playoffs. Same thing for Dallas Goddard. Yeah, he missed a little bit of time, but he was ready to go for playoffs. And they believe that's predicated off how they've attacked staying away from injuries as an organization. So I just don't like it because there is still a huge vacuum for opportunity for those other guys. And he's in round 12. Like, I think he's just appropriately priced. If you want to take a shot on him, great. But I feel like in regular redraft leagues, he's you're never going to know when to start him. In round 12, I can also get Dame Harris, another guy that doesn't have as many or as many mouths to compete with for to be fed in his offense, right? Like it's him and James Cook. Uh, they're going in the same round. Raheem Mostert, kind of a similar situation. Uh, Roshan Johnson, the situation is getting a little bit better, but he's a guy that went after him. Devin Singletary, round 14, two rounds later. Again, a situation I like a little bit more because it's just him and Dame Pierce. Like, There's not going to be many other com- uh, com- uh, competitors for, for touches or targets there. I'll, 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 go, I'll go both ways with you here. I saw Kenny Gainwell, if we don't want to talk about the preseason and mm-hmm. – Training camp, I did see Kenny Gainwell outsnap Miles Sanders in the playoffs and take a very large role in the playoffs last year. But yeah. going toward, you know, this this the preseason as well here, you know, I'm looking at it. Kenny Gainwell did not play in the first preseason game. It mm-hmm. was DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny. And then Kenny Gainwell did play in the second one with Trey. He got like one carry, I think. Trey Sermon mm-hmm. certainly had more opportunities and Trey Sermon had six, you know, 16 carries for 30 yards last. Didn't have a great week three, but then Kenny Gainwell didn't. Kenny Gainwell really, like, I think to maybe to your point, Kenny Gainwell really didn't play very much in the preseason either. Um, now maybe you can make a point about practice, you know, limiting in practice, but I don't know. That that seems that seems a lot. I don't know. So I I like Kenny Gainwell. I think he could. I'm, I I this will certainly be a committee, but. I'll take the last guy in it because I still think that he could be the most productive because he's going last in ADP. So certainly I think an argument to be made for ADP. But with that, with my internet waning, mm-hmm. where are we going with your final two picks? Uh, Khalil Herbert and Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, running backs both going at value. Khalil Herbert in round eight. Isaiah Pacheco, I believe maybe a round before that. 
yeah, Isaiah Pacheco round seven, Khalil Herbert round eight. That's appropriate value for me. I'd like to get either of those guys as maybe my second or my third running back still, and I think that's very doable. Still going like receiver through the first five rounds. You could get one of those guys as your second or potentially even your third running back, just depending on your draft position. And I think they're just all, or both of them, excuse me, are in good positions to score fantasy points this year. Khalil Herbert being discounted because people are uncertain who's going to be like the, the actual lead running back there. Could Fields steal a lot of production? I just feel like there's a lot of question marks, and people just also trust the Bears' offense less. But I think it's a good situation because you are still getting a running back one at value, and he'll still probably will, even this season, lead the running backs in total touches. So getting that value in round eight sounds good to me, sounds fair. Isaiah Pacheco, I don't know why he's going so late. I really don't. He is the running back one for the Kansas City Chiefs. I, I don't see why there is so much disbelief in him. I feel like this is an immense value going in round seven, a pick that I feel like should go probably in round four or five because he's tied to one of the best offenses in the league. Who's his big competition for touches here? Is, it, uh, is Prince really going to take away like some sort of lion's share? I don't think so. Is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire going to just you know rebirth himself? Is he, is he going to resurrect? I don't think so. Jerick McKinnon, I like him a lot. But he's more of a pass catcher, and they don't have like great pass catching weapons. I don't see him taking away the lion's share of carries or rushing touchdowns. Still a very great situation for Pacheco, and you're getting it at a, a, at a great discount because of those factors I just rolled through. Yeah, you know he's he's going at a he's going at a fine ADP. I wouldn't steam. I don't know about round four or five. You know, because I I kind of agree with kind of. Consensus that he, you know, even though he is the RB one in a powerful offense, we've seen how that is these last couple of years with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Just not, a, you know. I think if there was a super talented guy back there, I think the offense would change a bit. But it's certainly not something they've leaned on. Isaiah Pacheco, I still think, you know, RB low end RB two value is probably where he's going to sit a lot of the year, but. That's a value in where you're talking about in drafts. I guess some of the uncertainty right. comes with the injuries that he suffered. But I'll tell you, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is not going to be taking any of that. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is had fought to make the team. He barely, he, he barely made it. So, um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire not a threat unless uh, Pacheco got injured or something like that. But with that, we'll wrap it up. Thanks for bearing with me through the internet, everybody. I appreciate it. Justin, you have anything to shout out over at SGPN this week? Pay your bills, Emerson. Pay your bills. Yeah, I had to talk to, I had to, talk to the guy just to get the dial-up connection for this podcast, but Unreal. we'll get the bills paid for next week. Get that uh, Elon head- internet, that Starlink internet, that good shit. <laughs> Thank you, Jamie, for the shout-out. I appreciate that. Have a great rest of your weekend. Enjoy the rest of your short weekend, I guess I should say. Just a few hours left, and have a great Monday morning as well. Thank you so much, and we will see you again very soon on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Later.